We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Paloma with me here today as well. Back after uh, my excursion to Fayetteville last weekend to move in my youngest daughter to college. So I'll try not to uh, break down into tears here on uh, on the podcast. I've, I've I've now made it Martin. Let's see. How many days have I gone in a row without some sort of an emotional cathartic thought? Um almost to one day. I was about to say are we at day 0? Uh yeah, about yeah, so I'm about 5 hours away from a 24-hour cycle without tears. So I am in I'm in uh I'm in good shape. She she's going through rush. Her rush experience is pretty predictable. Um when you have a Big sister on campus in a sorority house. Uh, the other sororities are not quite as welcoming as you as you might expect. Um, and I know this will shock you, but girls can be petty and uh, and and can be a little nasty. And so it has been. Uh, it's been an interesting. It's been an interesting week, but it's it's going to be over on Saturday, midday Saturday. She she'll be fine, and then you'll actually uh, start. She'll actually start college and stuff like that and I don't even maybe even go to classes and and everything so um we'll we'll see where that leads us but anyway apologies for being gone last week it was my fault but we're back today and uh, for another edition of of the big show and we're about to get started there's a number of lots of things to talk about two weeks ago we were like yeah you know we'll get into some specific things with bonds and markets and stuff and and get away from current events (laughs) uh yeah News reel was like, hold my beer. Yeah, the news, <laughs> the news cycle's like, hey, uh, you'll get yeah. off current events when we tell you to get off current events. And right now, we're about to dope you up on them. No doubt. So before we get into that, I'll tell you that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900's the number. Call that number. Ask for my buddy, Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, and he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Listen, 
even if you're not necessarily in the market for a Ford, you're just in the market for a vehicle. Uh, Corey's been a guest on the show before, so you've heard him. He wants to make sure that you don't get kind of run over in this market. Um, So give him a call. Get a quote on a Ford vehicle. You can use it as a comparison piece to uh, whatever uh, different brand of vehicle you might also be looking at. And who knows? It might get you into a Clark Ford today. I'm in one. I love it. I love the service. The people at Clark Ford take great care of you, and they'll take great care of you as well. 662-257-1900. And Martin, like we always do before we get rolling, tell the people about what's going on at Pinnacle. Cool. I am going to do that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit a hard left real quick because okay. when we were out the the pettiness of of how females can be sometimes, I actually have a really cool little, little it's a little heart warmer. Um, so. Once upon a time, I used to race in triathlons, and once upon a time, I was pretty fit. And um, there was a there's a program nationwide, but we have a big program. We have a big uh, uh, crew of them here in in Mississippi. Um, it's called Ainsley's Angels, and what it is is it's athletes race with kids that are, um, you know, special needs kids. Some of it's from all different kinds of uh, of different issues, but one of the girls that I raced with. Most regularly, um, I pulled her, so I would, on the swim, she would be uh, in like an inflatable boat, uh, and I would have her attached by a rope to my waist, to a, to a waistband, and then in, on the bike, there was this like, it was a chariot that kind of, uh, is a chair that, that attached to the back wheel of my bike, so I pulled her on the bike, and then when we went to the run, I would take the connection to the bike off and put a front wheel, so it was like a three-wheel push, um, cart and and we raced triathlons together and it was a it was a blast uh so anyway she is now college age and mississippi state has and i did not know this mississippi state has a uh, a program for um for kids that are you know that are special needs kids where they can try to have a you know a somewhat normal college experience it's not a you know hey we put you in this you know college and you don't get to mix and match with the rest so um my my teammate that i pulled um, she's, she's got several palsy. So, I mean, she's, you know, fully can talk, think, you know, have funny conversations. It's just that her, her, you know, the, the skeletal part of her body was a little bit, uh, mangled from birth. And, uh, anyway, she rushed this weekend at Mississippi state and got a bid from the Tridelts and she is a Tridelt man, which I just thought was the coolest thing. Cause you know, you talked about you know, sometimes girls can be petty and I'm like, man, this is a sorority, you know, being super inclusive. It was just pretty awesome. So that sorry is, I took, no, no, that uh, is awesome. That is, that's, that is a, that is a nice feel good story. There's, I'm, I'm, as you know, I've got one that's going through rush and one that's on the other side of rush. So I know, I know more than I'm probably supposed to know about different <laughs> things. So there, there are some, there I don't are, know anything about it. So. There are some really cool stories that, that are out there and, and, I'm someone that was in a fraternity in college. It did nothing for me. I, I, I wish I could have gone back and, and gone through college without that experience. I think it would have enhanced my college experience. But uh, for for Campbell, my oldest, it, it has been uh, it's been it's been awesome. It really has. She's made wonderful friends. She's had a a great experience and all of that. So, all right, uh, let's get started here with uh, content. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's There's, rock and roll. There's stuff in the news. I don't know if you heard. Um, 
There's a lot in the news. So <laughs> it's just crazy, isn't it? This Afghanistan story is, I was trying to think of a creative way to get into it. There's really not one. Um, as we're taping this, it's Thursday, August the 19th, 10, 17 a.m. Central Daylight Time. The lead story in the Wall Street Journal, Taliban combat protest as thousands seek to flee Afghanistan. The scenes out of Afghanistan are uh, are horrifying. They're terrifying. They're sad. The stories that you hear on social media about things that are happening to people in Afghanistan are um, just beyond anything you can imagine. The, 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 they're, they're terrifying. Um, and then you watch the reaction, you know, there, there's sometimes I, I keep thinking Martin, that we will get to a place where something is so bad or whatever that, that it, it gets past polit- the political divide that is so visible in our country today. Mm-hmm. And you'll see someone post who's normally pretty reliable on social media that, hey, I've got sources in Afghanistan and a family was massacred last night because of their helping Americans. And you get these people that come back with, prove it. And it's like, now why would he make it up? Yeah. Who would, make, would-, who would make that up? I mean, if, if, you were to, if you were to sit down with those people and say, okay, I always do this with like the football gods, right? If the football gods came down and told you, if the news gods came down and told you, hey, I know the answer to this. I know whether he's making it up or not. Are you willing to put your life on the, life on the line? Do you think he's making it up or not? Those same people, in my opinion, who's, who say on social media, prove it, would go, yeah, he's probably telling the truth. And I don't understand why we can't just acknowledge just as a society in general, and to the, to the credit of most of the media, I think most of the media are beginning to recoil a little bit and go, wait, hold up. Because two things can be true at once. You can be tired of Donald Trump. You can think Donald Trump's Twitter profile was not presidential. You can think a lot of the things that Donald Trump said were not presidential. You can think that it was time to move on as a country from Donald Trump and begin to wonder if this administration is completely inept. Two things can be true at the same time. And I'm not saying that about Trump. I'm saying you can think that and be willing to acknowledge that this administration is failing at this point. And and I think you tell me whether you agree. I, I think what happened in Afghanistan over the last week to 10 days and certainly over the last four or five days is is a failure of, of embarrassingly epic proportion. I mean, I think I, I do think it is. And, and, and let me just put out on the front end too, that, um, I am definitely not, um, a military expert. Um, I am not, you know, a political expert either. Um, you know, and I think you have a lot more political expertise than, than I do, Neil, but it is, uh, and I realize too, that this just didn't happen like, overnight right it wasn't it wasn't uh you know oh we decided you know biden announces we're pulling out by september 11th then all of a sudden the you know the taliban 
decides to organize and and you know and over try to overthrow the government i realized that this was probably has been in the making at least the taliban for for a while but um the thing that was the most shocking to me and i'll just you know again me not being a military expert or a political um expert at all was all of the equipment that our military left which i realized like from a from a logistical and a cost perspective it's probably less expensive and easier to just leave it than to move it um but i kind of just figured that with a risk of of the taliban taking over they would at least have destroyed some of the weapons right rather than just just leave them there but then you know also i mean the taliban i can't remember where i was actually i do remember it was it was a book called extreme ownership uh, written by Jocko Willink and Leif, Leif Babin. I don't know if you've ever read the book or heard of the book. Dude, it is it is phenomenal. It's two Navy SEALs, and they are they are business consultants now, and they apply battlefield combat tactics to businesses. It's phenomenal. It's a great read. But he was talking about decentralized command and why, um, you know, the Taliban is so efficient in carrying out their mission because their mission is so simple that it does not have to be communicated in a complex manner, um, you know, to the entire troops and everyone has the authority to act immediately. And the, and the mission was kill as many Americans as possible by whatever means. You know, I heard an interview with, with Trump, uh, the other night I was driving back from Carson soccer practice and it was on and, and he referred to the Taliban as great fighters pointing out that Basically, for two thousand years or a thousand years, I can't remember the number that he said. Whatever it was, it was hyperbole, typical of Trump. But he did say that that's what they do: they fight, and they are efficient fighters. That's who they are. That is their identity. Yeah, and they use fear, um, and but legitimate but not, fear, but not empty fear tactics. No, they're they 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 are to be feared. They they uh they fight for keeps. You know, it's like any. Any Man, fight, any, it always comes to mind this, you know, it was a, a comment, I believe, uh, from, it was either Abraham Lincoln or John F. Kennedy, I think it was Kennedy, where he was talking about, you know, killing a president, and he, he was telling someone that, look, if someone's willing to die, if they're not afraid of death, those are the people to be feared, and, and the Taliban is not, those guys aren't afraid to die. No, they welcome it. And so... If you're not afraid of death, you're a, you're a feared opponent. And look, I want to get to a few things that how this impacts economically. The, yeah, yeah. The frustrating part is not that the Americans got out of Afghanistan. I, I think we probably should never have gotten into Afghanistan. Uh, Bush got us into Afghanistan. He kept us there. Obama kept us there. Yep. Um, Trump kept was us there kept us there and then at the end was uh, was was executing a a uh, withdrawal plan and then biden came in and 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 in many ways i think i think it was to do a plan different than what trump was you can't can't use trump's plan so you have to use your own plan and instead of getting people out of there and then the the weapons and things out of there and then extracting the troops and saying hey look man Y'all are on your own. Y'all have done this for 2,000 years. 
there's no saving you. Good luck. We did it this way, and it's created this chaos. And and even even normally uh, friendly media, as it pertains to the Biden and the the Democrats, have turned on him uh, and turned on him hard because the scenes out of there aren't they're they're not defendable. Yep. So there are some stories out today. Um, that aren't necessarily related to to uh, to Afghanistan, but Afghanistan and and what's what's happening there. Um, the Middle East gets even further um, destabilized. Yep, a powder keg again. There's uh, there are oil ramifications. Correct. Uh, China is is going to move into Afghanistan to a degree. Russia is. Um, it, it's it's there's. They're going to be ripple effects for a long time. The, the Chinese right now very clearly view Biden as weak. They view uh, America as weak. And so Taiwan is somewhat destabilized right now because uh, the, the Chinese are basically telling the Taiwanese, do you really expect the Americans to fight for you? Right. Um, which appears to be a pretty valid point. Right. And so in with Taiwan, too, and I, I know this is awful that I'm – I'm breaking it and minimizing it down to American needs. But so Taiwan Semiconductor is a business that uh, is probably one of the largest manufacturers of semiconductors, which, you know, if I know we talk about it with vehicles and other things that are just, you know, washing machines, appliances that are just sitting manufactured, waiting on a chip to be delivered to be able to get these things moving. You lose Taiwan Semiconductor. Let's just say the let's go all the way down to the crazy to craziness. Let's say China invades Taiwan, takes over, you know, instills their communist rule. Taiwan Semiconductor is not sending chips anywhere but to China. China is is holding all kinds of you think we have supply chain issues now. <laughs> just wait till wait till something like that happens. That would have global ripple effects. I mean, it, and and I realize that American and you know, ingenuity would be, hey, we'll, you know, we'll start developing chips here, but that takes time too. Uh, you know, and and Taiwan Semiconductor are one of the, they're one of the leaders in in chip production. Yeah, that's that's a, like you said, a major supply chain issue for everything. I mean, yep. And the Chinese, yeah. the Chinese don't respect this right now. No, the, I mean, they they not, they they don't. They feared Trump. They viewed Trump as, I think, somewhat of a loose cannon, but I think they feared him. Fear slash respect. I'm not sure what the word is. Respect is a odd. Yeah, res- I wouldn't say respect. I think fear is, is an appropriate word because think, he was. You, you had no idea what he was going to do. He was not a politician, didn't care to play by, quote, unquote, political rules. Um, he wasn't compromised with, with the Chinese the way that, there you go. I believe Biden is. So anyway, there's a story here, a couple of stories here. This is from the Wall Street Journal. U.S. jobless claims fell to pandemic low of 348,000 last week. Data suggests the labor market continues to heal with claims down for four straight weeks. This is a story that is written by Brian Mina of the Wall Street Journal. And he writes, I'll give you the first three or four paragraphs, Martin, and then I'll just hand it to you. Jobless claims fell to a new pandemic low last week, suggesting the labor market continues to heal even as the Delta variant causes uncertainty. 
First-time applications for benefits, a proxy for layoffs, fell by 29,000 to a seasonally adjusted 348,000 in the week ended August 14th, the Labor Department said Thursday. That was the lowest level of claims since the pandemic took hold in the U.S. in March 2020. The four-week moving average, which smooths over volatile data, fell to 377,750 last week. Also a fresh pandemic low. New jobless claims have fallen for four straight weeks and are down more than 50% since January. The Delta variant has caused recent increases in new COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations throughout the country. But while that might cause the pace of growth to ease, some economists say the dynamic between COVID-19 and economic activity has evolved over the past year. Yeah, I do agree with that last statement, too, that the relationship between COVID-19 and and, uh, and the economy has evolved. Because in the beginning, it was, we had no idea. It was like aliens invaded the earth, right? Sure. So when you no say when you say it's it. evolved, uh, yeah, I think you're about to do that. But what do you what do you mean? What do you mean? Wait, you think I'm about to do? You you, you were about to, I think you were about to explain how it has evolved. Go ahead. What do you how do you how do you sort of see that? Yeah, everyone was just. I think we were all just kind of shocked, a little bit of fear. You know, didn't know what to do. I mean, I know you and I were recording, and you know, we had no idea what the hell was going on. And then once we were able to you know, have a little bit of time, a little bit of data, figure out how this thing worked. And we, and we took pretty draconian measures right out of the gate, you know, shut an economy down, you know, 14 days to flatten the curve turned into 18 months to flatten the curve. And, uh, and we saw the ineffectiveness of, of shutting down whole blocks of, of the economy because it's kind of like a diesel engine, right? You shut the thing off, but to turn it back on, you can't just hit, you know, the button like you do in your vehicle and it turn automatically back on. It's, it's got to warm up. It's got to glow. It's got to, you know, it's got to get rolling. And, um, and it was ineffective. And also, and I think a, a mistake that we made that we, at least I hope to God, if something ever like ha- that happens again, we don't make the same mistake is, is, um, you know, giving people more unemployment money than they were making while they were working. I mean, I could totally understand if you give someone the same or a slightly less to give them an incentive to go to go back to work, but instead we incentivize them to not go back to work, which is what created this glut of the unemployment piece. And now states have begun shutting off the, you know, the extended unemployment and people are going back to work or they're leaving the field that they were in, like my wife and, and, and back in school. So she's not making a claim for unemployment, not that she got any unemployment anyway, but she didn't make it. She's not making a claim for unemployment because she's you know, she's in school, but we've learned how to coexist with, you know, with, with this virus. And, um, you know, and I realize there's a lot of, you know, the people getting, you know, on their pedestals again with, you know, shaming people for, you know, not wearing masks or being unvaccinated and you're the cause of the problem. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, is this thing is going to be a cycle. And, and I say this and i and I don't mean this, you know, like flippantly at all, because, you know, we had a family member that died two days ago um, from complications from the virus. And so, like, I'm not a, I'm not a, 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 what do you call the dudes who are, I'm not a denier, you know, I'm not saying that it's not real, but we've learned how to, you know, we have learned how to 
how to coexist with this thing. And so I think that that'll be the big difference for, you know, okay, spikes are going to go up. And you, you know, you remember when we had Alan Jones on, um, gosh, this was more than a year ago now. And he said, and I think it was like beginning of summer last year, he said, very likely this is going to be one of those things where it's just a part of our lives. Like the flu is, and you either make a choice each year to take a flu inoculation or not. And sometimes the, you know, the flu shot is effective and sometimes it's not effective. Um, and you have bad flu seasons and you have, you know, regular flu seasons. I, I feel like that's where we're heading, which does not mean, you know, we shut the economy down uh, every time we, we have spikes, you know, in numbers. And I think that's why the correlation of, you know, the, the, <clears throat> the economic cycle is, is learning how to manage, you know, COVID. And while you're seeing, you know, employment numbers dropping and, you know, I don't know, there will be people that still try to use COVID as a means to stay home and not work. And I say, Hey, that's your prerogative. Um, but for, you know, the rest of the world that needs a job to support their family and support their, their life, people are going back to work. Now, will, will the work flow change a little bit? Probably. I think COVID's going to change how, how people work and do business. And I think for, a, in a good way, um, you know, we've leveraged technology, uh, in that manner. So, yeah, I think it's something here to stay, but I don't think it's going to be something just like the last time we recorded, you know, I told you, I hope you were wrong for a shutdown. Uh, I just don't see it. I can't see how that has any benefit at all. Oh, there's, there's no benefit at all. Um, yeah, we could do the, I could, you know, me, I could do the virus thing for a long time. Um, I'm, I'm immensely frustrated with the lack of common sense on some of the virus stuff. Uh, all right. Second story, wall street journal we'll, might get back to virus in a minute, but I do want to get here because this is, this is, <laughs> this is, uh, stocks, oil, things of that nature. Yeah. Again, us, uh, I'm sorry, wall street journal headline, us stocks hug flatline as oil and copper drop. Dollar strengthens as rising COVID-19 cases dull economic outlook. This is written by Joe Wallace uh, early, early today, August the 19th. And I quote, U.S. stocks were mixed Thursday while oil and copper pi- prices retreated and the dollar hit a nine-month high as investors weighed the likely reduction in stimulus measures by the Federal Reserve and rising COVID-19 cases. The S&P 500 was flat. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and the tech-heavy NASDAQ composite fell less than 0.1%. Stock markets have hit turbulence this week after eking out a series of record highs. Investors broadly remain upbeat about the outlook for share prices given the rapid pace of earnings growth, but some have grown more cautious, concerned that rising coronavirus cases in the U.S. and elsewhere will dent the global economic recovery at the same time as the Fed is gearing up to rein in its huge bond-buying program. These things are going to cause market volatility, said Caroline Simmons, UK Chief Investment Officer at UBS Global Wealth Management. People are trying to work out what the Delta variant is going to mean. Does it mean more lockdowns? Is it going to damage growth? In one bright sign for the economy, fresh data showed that jobless claims fell to a pandemic low of 348,000 last week, suggesting the labor market continues to heal. New jobless claims are down more than 50% since January. 
but commodity, but concern about the future of economic growth was on display in daily trading. Commodity producers lost ground as energy and material prices retreated. Shares of Devon Energy, Miner Freeport, McMoran, Mac, 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 Mac and Occidental Petroleum all fell more than 2%. A bright spot came from Bath & Body Works, which rose 8.8% after the retailer, formerly known as L Brands, beat analyst earnings expectations for the second quarter. There's a lot there. I mean, dude, and, and, and earnings have been good. And, you know, and that's, and that's really, you know, when, when we're making decisions about how we manage our clients' portfolios, there's things that, there's things that we look at. And I'm, I look for, of course, if, if I had the silver bullet, certainty is the best silver bullet that I have when making decisions about, you know, about client portfolios. And some of those things I can look at, you know, and you mentioned them in the article that you read. Is hey, what is the Fed doing? And and the Fed is always the first place that I look. And I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it again because I like the guy. And we probably don't agree on politics, but I like him. Um, you know, the Fed, a Fed, our Fed chairman Jay Powell, uh, has whether you like him or don't like him, he has done everything he said he's going to do. So, and he's a man of of his word. So if he says that. You know, hey, we are going to start, you know, tapering in these bond purchases. Then I believe him. I don't think that he's mincing words or or telling me lies. So you know, I'm kind of watching to see what's the Fed going to do. And essentially, you know, the Fed at some point is going to have to slow down on the amount of bonds that they're purchasing from the Treasury, and that does give support, um, you know, to the economy. It keeps interest rates you know, uh, relatively low, um, and, and stable, but at some point they're going to stop. And, you know, inflation has been, you know, uh, has been running above average and it looks like for the most part, it has been transitory, just like he said, you know, and I just, I I think people want to make him a liar so bad and he's just not, uh, he has no incentive to lie. Uh, you know, and, and he's, and he, and it has been rather transitory, but at some point, you know, they will, they will have to step in and, and check inflation. And that means when they do that, that rates will, you know, rise a little bit. And all that means is it's the end of super easy money. But even if rates rise, which they're going to have to rise slowly over, you know, over a couple year period, we're still going to be in one of the lowest interest rate environments that, you know, that has existed in decades. I mean, it's not, we're not going to be, you know, all of a sudden going from, Hey, you can get a mortgage for, you know, 2% on a 30 year or 2.1% on a 30 year to now it's going to cost you, you know, 18% to, to get a mortgage, you know, maybe mortgage rates go up to four, four and a half or five. Like, dude, when I bought my first house, when I was, you know, married, my first house I bought when I was married was, our interest rate was like seven and a quarter percent. And I look at that now and I'm like, gosh, that was rapacious. But you know what? That was really kind of normal. Uh, I was a first time home buyer. I had not, I didn't have bad credit. I had no credit, which was worse than having, you know, bad credit. They had no idea how to underwrite me as a risk. Uh, But you know, then the next house we got was, you know, I was five and three quarter 
percent, and that's kind of normal, you know. And gas prices at you know two dollars and fifty cents to three dollars a gallon is is like is really kind of normal, you know. A dollar fifty a gallon gas, while I loved it, right, is not normal. And I think, folks, I think we just got so used to having not normal that when normal returns, we're like, you know, freaking out. But it's like, dude, that's just normal. Now, but now there's a legitimate fear here, though, right, with what's happening in Afghanistan that that uh, I mean, it could upped. But you know what? You remember when Venezuela fell? One of the things, and you know, one of the things that Trump did was we started producing domestically again, man. And I think. And we've kind of stopped producing. No, we haven't kind of stopped. We've completely stopped. We've gone from being on on the cusp of being energy independent to completely energy dependent again to the point that Biden is begging OPEC to produce more oil. I mean, we're back we're back in that spot again. And this is not to get political, but it is what it is. Dude, I mean, there's no way to talk about it without getting into some politics. I mean, the the the, the rest of the the whole emphasis on going green and all of that stuff is is all well and good, but the rest of the world's not doing it. No, and so you know, it, it, well, and and most of America, you know, I think the average person in America is not going to be having a house full of electric vehicles and you know solar panels on their roof and no. all of those things. That's just not that's not economically feasible for the average American. Yeah, you know, maybe in a few years it is. I don't know. I mean, if I, by the, I'll be an eighty-year-old man if I'm still here. But do it in twenty fifty. Is this a country that's running on electric vehicles? Hmm. See, I don't I'm gonna, know. I'm going to say no. Well, I'm. I, I'm not. Well, I'm, I'm literally I'm convinced be, of this, Martin. I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that the elites that talk about these things and that's what they are—they're elites. They have no real world uh, knowledge. They they have no idea what a typical family in the Midwest or the Southeast with a husband and a wife and two point seven kids and a dog and a cat and a parakeet. I I don't think they understand what their life is like. Right. I, I really don't. I don't I don't think they live that world. And then I know that they have no understanding at all of the single mom in Greenville, Mississippi with four children with two different fathers, food stamps, the whole they no clue as to that. No idea of that at all. None, zero. They and and so when they talk about switching to solar panels and switching to electric cars and we're going to do all of this in 20 years and kumbaya i just i i, I really i think it's an it's an ideology it's it's a lot like this it's it's preparing for a fight okay yep you get get in the gym and you get in great shape and you learn some basic fighting skills and stuff all those plans go out the window the first time you get punched in the face. That's what Mike Tyson says, right? And then you Everybody. find and then you find out what kind of fighter you are. Only then do you find out what kind of fighter you are. When when, when do you find out how resilient you are as a human being? It's when adversity knocks you on your ass. Yeah. You can have a great plan, but when 
life hits you, you find out, hey, okay, here's what I'm about. Here's 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 how you bounce back or whatever. And, and so when when people when people talk about hey, it's no big deal that gas prices are going up. It's no big deal that and I, I get what you're saying. I do. Uh, you know, but two years ago for me to fill up my truck was about fifty dollars. Yeah. Now for me to fill up my truck is about eighty two dollars. It's thirty two dollars. That's you can call that inflation, you can call that tax, whatever. And I've adjusted to that, but if if some of the scare the the, the fear mongers on the other side, on the right, who are saying, Hey, this this deal gas gas is gonna be five dollars a gallon. If that's the case, and suddenly it's $150 to fill my tank. Yeah. Well, now we're, we're talking about something different. And yeah. the, the, the economic ramifications of that will be drastic. And, and it's why people like me who get railed on by people in my field for being conservative, doesn't it just make more sense to produce oil in Alaska and transport it down North America? Mm-hmm. To me, that makes more sense than, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to have electric stations all over the interstate. I just, I don't think that's realistic. And listen, if I'm wrong, great. That's great news for everyone because it obviously would be better for the economy and all of those things. But a lot of the things that Biden said wouldn't happen have happened. He, he shut down the pipeline. He shut down the drilling in, in Alaska. He, um, he talked about... He wasn't, you know, he didn't want to shut down um, some of the factories and, and, and things, and, and they're shut down. Yep. And so, you know, those people, those are good paying jobs that, that went away. Yep. And those I mean, jobs. Those, oil Patch is great, is, is for our local economy, is, is one of the best employers for, you know, the Southeast local economy. Which is that, I don't think I heard you. I said the oil patch, like, you know, yeah. you guys working on the rigs whether they're land rigs or whether they're offshore rigs you know employ and so he said that they would produce jobs to replace those jobs and they haven't Uh, and they blame that on on um the the pandemic but like you said and then there's this dangerous rhetoric in our country today about about the pandemic and i realize that i say this at a time when hospitals are filling up and and the delta variant is 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 dangerous and we've politicized vaccines and all of those things but there is going to come a point where we either learn to live with COVID or we do the Australia slash New Zealand thing and go to zero COVID, which doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, I think the solution, I think the the long term solution is that we we uh, we learn to deal with it or we learn to live with it. We coexist with it. Because I don't think it's going to be eradicated. You know, I know that was the words that they were using, you know, initially was, was er, we need to eradicate this virus. And uh, that's not, that's not going to happen. And, you know, I think it's going to run through. People are going to get it. And, you know, people will have some natural antibodies. Folks will have, um, you know, the shots and the boosters to, you know, to help try to fight. Uh, you know, and, and, but people are just like the, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's the same thing, the flu, but it's just like, it's going to be just like the flu. It's going to mutate. They'll create a, you know, a different 
protein that they go after and and you'll get your, your flu shot and your COVID shot at the same time. And then the people who don't take it, the people who didn't take the flu shot are probably the same people who are not taking, you know, the COVID-19 shot or the COVID shot or whatever. And that's fine. You want, you want to not take it. That's what I love about America, you know? I'm, and I want to be I'm, that dude that's like, oh, if you're not going to take it and then you get it, don't go to the hospital. I'm like, no, no, that's. No, of course not. not. Well, and, and people and if, recover. Most people recover at home when they get it. Most people do. It's as you and I've talked about, there's a messaging failure that started at the very beginning. Both sides are both sides yep. are to blame. Well, yeah, we'll give both of them black eyes. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. They both get both both parties get failing grades on on handling COVID. It happened. The one thing, if you told me I could go back and change something, I would have loved to have seen how we would have handled COVID in this country. I'm not talking about worldwide. In this country, had it not been in an election year, had it been in a year between the midterms and the election or in the first year of a presidency, how would we have handled it as a country differently? Maybe not at all. We'll never know. It's the one thing I'd, I'd, I'd really love to see. Uh, along those lines, again, Wall Street Journal, uh, the authors are Stephanie Armour, Jared Hopkins, and Andrew Restuccia. The Biden administration took steps Wednesday to crack down on rising COVID-19 cases cases, including a call for a third shot starting this fall for adults who were fully vaccinated with the two-shot regimen. The administration also said it would instruct nursing homes to vaccinate their staffs against COVID-19 or risk losing Medicare and Medicaid funding. In addition, President Biden signed a memorandum that edicts, that directs, I should say, the uh, education department to use all available tools to ensure that students can return to the classroom safely an effort intended in part to counter state efforts prohibiting mask requirements in schools. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona plans to use his department's civil rights enforcement authority to prevent states from blocking mask requirements in schools, according to the department. Spokeswoman Rachel Thomas, we need to make sure children are wearing masks in school, Mr. Biden said during a speech at the White House, adding that state politicians who oppose mask mandates are setting a dangerous tone. I remain stunned, Martin, that on Thursday, August the 19th, 2021, with all that is going on in our world, the amount of energy that is spent on masks on masks in public settings. I remain I remain stunned by it. Um whether you are someone who who believes that they that they work or whether you are someone like me who watches the way people finagle with their masks in public settings and, and, and believe that they don't work. I was in Kroger yesterday, maskless. I'm vaccinated with antibodies. I don't want to wear a mask. I'll wear one if I have to, but if I don't have to, I'm not wearing it. And a woman near me had a mask on. She took her mask off to sneeze. <laughs> and Dude, then- I put the mask back on and 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 i would never say anything to anybody i, I refuse i will never i will never say but I, a part of me wanted to say i mean i kind of wanted to say so what was the point right i mean in a hospital setting which is where masks are used all day in a hospital the surgeon would not take the mask off to sneeze in no. fact that is the point of the mask it's like never mind i was about to go 
Never mind. I'm not even going to go where I was about to go. No, go, it was, please, please. Food and uh, yeah, I'll I'll refrain. <laughs> it's 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 you know that's that's the thing. And so when people people get on me about it, and I, I've I've learned to just stop, let it go. People have made up their minds on masks, and and um, you know, I, I support. By the way, uh, very aggressively support your right to wear a mask if you want to wear a mask. Absolutely, I'm I'm against anyone who wants to ban masks. No, if someone feels like a mask helps them, wear it. Yeah. By all means, I just, I just sometimes, I, I, again, I go back to my point a minute ago about the people who set policy. I don't think they're ever out in the real world. Either that, or they are knowingly doing things. They're, they're, they're advancing an agenda, which is dangerous. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they genuinely believe that masks work because, in their mind, everyone's wearing a fitted proper mask and they're keeping it on and they're not touching it. They're not moving it up and down They're. I mean, I watched the press conference yesterday with the army general and, and the, the, the older gentleman who was a reporter takes his mask off to ask the question and then puts it back on. I go to a press. I'm, I'm going to go to a press conference in about an hour at Ole Miss football. Thursday is a media availability. And I watch people take their mask off to ask a question into the mic that the next person asked their question into. What are we doing? I mean, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I mean, as I've said, I'm in a room full of vaccinated people. I'm vaccinated with previous infection. If if the vac if if the virus is killing people like us in that room, then everybody's dying anyway. I mean, it, it just doesn't matter. It's just a matter of of if of when, not if. So there's, I view it as I have a common sense approach to it, whether that's right or wrong. I, I view that I do. And no, I like common sense, man, because common sense is is critical thinking, and 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 honestly, I think that's what education really is all about. At the end of the day, is is giving us critical thinking skills. Although it has failed a very vast, large group of of people, and um, you know, it it is funny to to kind of talk about you know, someone removing their mask to sneeze. But I also think that the dangers and you, you actually mentioned it. Um, you mentioned it in a, in a couple of shows ago that there are a large sect of people that are unvaccinated because they think that, that just wearing the mask will, will protect them. And, uh, and then, you see people take their mask off and sneeze and put their mask back on. And I'm like, that yeah. is like, well, that is and, a- and that is where if I have a criticism and I do, it is my one criticism of, of uh, Dr. Dobbs of Dr. Fauci. It's been very consistent. And I don't think that look, do they have some ulterior motives? I think it's very clear that they do. I think there's no doubt that Dobbs has some tie-ins to the big farm pharmaceuticals I, th- I think there are some financial gains for him to be had but i do not believe that is his primary motivation i don't I, I think he would be and i generally believe in the vaccine i'm vaccinated i i want my kids to get vaccinated but i'm not going to make them do it and i understand their their hesitance but we live in a state martin where a lot of people are not vaccinated and a lot of those people are not vaccinated because they don't trust the government they don't trust the vaccine. 
it's not political, then there are people who it is political, no doubt. Sure. But there's a lot of people who it's not political, and those people are wearing a mask religiously because they believe that mask is going to protect them. I don't mean provide some protection. No, they believe it is protecting them, that it is a suit of armor, that it is a force field. And those are the people that many of them in this state have a lot of the comorbidities that that this virus attacks. And those are the people who are at risk. And if I have one major complaint, then I do, it is the, the messaging. I wish, and it would not be easy for him to do, whether it's Reeves, whether it's, it's Dobbs, in this state, I wish someone would say, hey, look, if you have comorbidities and then list them, and judging by a walk through a Walmart in any state, in any Walmart in this state, you probably do. If you've got these comorbidities, you need to be vaccinated ASAP. The mask really isn't protecting you. The mask is, we, you know, he, he, I would have a lot more respect for him if he would say, look, I think the mask does give a modicum of, of protection if worn properly. I do. I think it's better than nothing, but it's close to nothing. I would respect that. Especially the ones made out of bathing suit material. Yeah, the paper mask, the 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 dirty cloth mask. If he would say, "Hey, look, if you're walking around with a bandana pulled up over your mouth, you, unless you're doing it for fashion reasons, there's no it it, it serves no point. Yep. You're not protecting yourself from the virus. If you're wearing the same dirty paper mask in and out of the grocery store day after day after day, you, you're you're not protecting yourself from the virus." You, you should get vaccinated if, if, if that's what you're doing. If you're doing it because you think it, if you're already vaccinated and you're wearing a mask because you think it gives you one more layer of protection, okay, cool. And we, he could say, you know, we, we kind of think, again, it's, it's more than zero. But I wish he'd put it in terms that people could understand. It's more than zero, but it's less than blank. Less than 30. Maybe he says it's a 25% increase in protection. Say that. But I'm telling you there are people that are walking through stores and um, different places, schools, wherever, with a belief that the mask is 100% protection. And it's not. It's not. Well, and, and, and the refusal, the refusal to, to and like you saw Biden do this yesterday, in, on a day when he needs to be talking about Afghanistan, he goes after DeSantis and Abbott and Lee in Tennessee. He goes after these governors who are uh, not mask zealots. And the mask has become this very political fight. That's what it is. It's very political. And anyone who is mask hesitant or doesn't really believe in them, I'm one. I don't think they work at all. Honestly, I think it's just a very... It's common sense. You look at what people are wearing and you go, that's not stopping an aerosolized virus. Um, people like me are, are, are called radicals. And when you do that, you create this fight and people dig in and dig in and dig in. And, and that's what I think has happened in our society. Well, dude, and I know, so 
on the same topic, but slight, slightly different variation. February of 20... Maybe it's 2019. I can't even remember. The Rona has time warped my brain. Anyway, it was either February of 2019 or February of 2020. I think it was 2020, actually, because it was right before... It was right as Corona COVID was was coming to the U.S. So Jen, we, Jen and I and Gia were in... Uh, we're at Disney World, and Jen got really sick on day two. She's already not feeling well on day one. Got really sick on day two. Stayed in the room the whole time. She was positive for she was positive for type A flu, and she was getting her butt kicked. And uh, so she did not enjoy Disney with us at all. She stayed in the room the whole time. Of course, Gia and I both, and Jen did not have a flu shot. Uh, I have, I get, you know, a flu shot cause they do it here at work and I'm just like, hell, well, it's easy. Why not? And Gia had the mist in her, like for little kids, they'll do this little mist in their nose instead of, you know, hitting them with a needle. And, um, and Gia and I did not, we were staying in the same room as Jen. Uh, we did not get the flu. We didn't get sick at all. And we enjoyed the parks, but on the flight home, and I don't know if, if, uh, if you've ever, uh, hopefully you've never gotten sick at Disney, but it's pretty incredible. If you get sick at Disney, they have a like mobile clinic that will come to your room because they don't want you leaving your room. They would rather you keep it there than spread it around the park. Uh, and there's a doctor that comes and they gave her masks. Uh, and this was before all of this stuff happened. So it was really the first time I'd ever actually witnessed someone I knew wear a surgical like mask in public. But when they put her, they gave her the mask for the day we were leaving and said, you need to wear this when you're, you know, on the bus, on the plane, because it'll, it'll help keeping you from, you know, from spreading it. But Martin, did I lose you? And it for someone who's, if you know you're sick, and I guess they're saying, oh, well, you don't, sometimes you cannot know you're sick with Rona. Well, that's true too, but hell, there's sometimes like I might have had the flu and not known that I had the flu. Um, so, you know, mask mandating that everyone wear one is 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 crazy. Uh, let people who are sick wear it, and people who are well go about their business. Or yeah. if you want to wear it, wear it. I don't care. Yeah, wear it if you want to wear it. But and, and frankly, we should be encouraging people if you're sick to stay home. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, I mean I, that that that's that's. If one positive thing has come out of the, the, the virus, the pandemic, I think it's that people who, and I'm probably one of these people, who in the past would just sort of gut through something. Yeah. And got to go to work and I'd do my job. And because, you know, I, I, I think now I will be more inclined to say, no, I need to. Yeah, I need to stay home, man. I'm not I, feeling great. I need to stay I home. I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not being a hero here if I go yeah. work with the flu. Well, and the other thing too, Neil, and I'll probably maybe the same for you, maybe not, but technology has allowed for, like, I don't have to miss a beat. Like if I just not feeling well, but I don't want to get, you know, three days behind in work, I can work from home. It's beautiful. Oh, I, I Which, think more and more people are going to work from home. And I, there's no question. I mean, like, I look at what I do, um, you know, we're back in person a good bit, but I'm going to do a lot of game day stuff from home that I, I would have never thought to do before. If anything, I've grown my business. I've, I've increased the offerings 
of my business to the the people who enjoy our work. And I'm not alone, but now there are people out there that can't do their job from home. And and those are the people that employers are going to have to, when they say, hey, I'm not coming in today because I'm sick, the employer is going to have to, there's going to be a level of trust between the employee and the employer. And then they're, they're, they're going to have to try to support that so that we don't have outbreaks and such, but right. Anyway. Yeah. Manufacturing firms, you can't, you cannot manufacture from home. I totally get that. Well, I appreciate the, uh, the time, Martin, 55 minutes here on the podcast. That was covered. It's covered a lot of ground talking, you know, all the gloom and doom about how the markets were, were going to crap the bed today. The NASDAQ is up. The S and P is up. The Dow is essentially flat. So in our since we've been talking for an hour, the Dow has gone from down a half a percent to flat. The S and P is up about a half a percent, and the Nasdaq's up a half a percent. That is the talking heads this morning were telling us, you know, we're on we're on par for another bad day in the markets. Man, every day is a up and down day. Last thing, the New York Times admitting today, uh, plastic anti-COVID barriers now common in public places have little effect on the virus and in some (laughs) cases could help it spread, research suggests. Imagine that. I always thought that. that. The shields and the masks are theater. Yeah. The The vaccines are not theater. I wish no, I wish I more I wish more people would stop politicizing the vaccine. I think the vaccines are good. I don't go as strong as Lane Kiffin does, but I get it when he says not getting the vaccines irresponsible. I'm not willing to go there. Sure. But I'm, people I'm, choice. But I'm but I'm willing to at least consider that. The put your mask on to protect you no know, I I I I'm I'm too I'm way too pragmatic. I watch I watch the real world as opposed to uh, the clinical world. And in the real world, the way people are doing that, it's not protecting anyone. Yeah. Not right. MTV real world, but yeah. The- yeah. Not that real world, the, the actual <laughs> real, real world. All right, Martin, uh, we will, we'll stop it there. Thanks yeah. to everyone for making us a part of your week. We'll be back next Thursday. At least that's the plan with another edition of mind on my money brought to you by pinnacle. How do they get in touch with you one more time, Martin? Oh, yeah. Man, I totally failed to do that on the front end. I went down my story. But uh, the telephone number here is the same, 601-957-0323. Or you can email us info at mypinnwealth.com. Info at mypinnwealth.com. So until next time, for Martin, I'm Neil. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.